Welcome to Real on 617, and uh, I'm here with your host, Julie Hernandez. My name is Brad Watts. I'm uh, just a humble uh, laptop boy. I just I dust the, the keys and the keyboard when nobody's watching. Um, he did, I don't know how to press record, so we, I need him. <laughs> yes. My, my great uncle told me that the one thing that you can always do in business is make sure that you are irreplaceable. And until Julie figures out how to press record, I am currently in your ear. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about Julie and how she just... Yeah beasted the Boston Marathon. Julie, well, what did you learn about this process? How long, first off, how long was this process and how did you get involved in it in the first place? Well, the process wasn't as long as marathon processes normally are. So I ran the 2021 Boston Marathon for a charity called Trinity Boston Connects. It just so happens that my best friend works for this charity and they didn't have enough runners. They needed 10 runners. And she was like, hey, do you want to run a marathon? And at first I was like, hell no. I do not want to run 26 miles. That sounds awful. And But I didn't really have a, another reason other than that to not run it. With Yeah, I had about three and a half months of training to run a marathon. I think the... I'd run like 10 miles, eight miles, but like not for like a long time. And I was running consistently, but never more than like five miles. Cause why would I run more than that? Who, why would you run farther than five miles? I don't know. Why would you even run five miles sometimes? Five miles is like one side to Boston to the other. Like you can, yeah. like, that's why yeah. the Boston marathon ironically isn't even in Boston. It's like six other cities. How many other cities besides Boston? Uh, a lot. Cause yeah, where do you start five from? Or six. Yeah. You start 25 miles outside of the city in Hopkinton and then you run through a, a bunch of other towns and it's all it's really only like the last three miles <laughs> that you run in boston you don't even have that many miles but in boston. Boston Street, yeah. uh, but the more i thought about it i really did not have an actual real reason not to aside from the fact that i was questioning whether i could run a marathon in three and a half months um but i did because i'm relentless as fuck and <laughs> thought I was really cheesy. Um, but I did because again, I didn't really have a reason not to. I had actually always wanted to run the Boston Marathon, but it was something that I literally never thought I would be able to do. Not only did I never think I'd be able to actually run 26 miles, but you have to actually qualify. And <laughs> I was like, there's no way I can qualify. And it's actually really competitive to get um bibs for this marathon because it's like I think it's the considered the most difficult marathon in the entire world because of all the hills and everything that you have to endure along the course. So, yeah, I learned many things about myself, I guess. The first is to uh, not doubt. So I have all these mantras in my head that I tell myself to, you know, stay motivated and also to motivate others like, you know, erase all doubt don't let doubt creep in and you know we need to face our fears in order to overcome them and at first like when I said no that was me absolutely not taking all of my advice that I give myself and others <laughs> on a daily basis how dare you I know I'm like oh I don't want to be a hypocrite so I was like it is for a good cause so I was like okay you know what I have to do this because I have no reason not to Otherwise, I am, am a hypocrite to not follow my own advice. So I had three and a half months to run. And I remember I was like, 
doing all this research and I like download this running app and I'm like, what's the best programming? Cause I'm all about strength and conditioning and CrossFit, weightlifting, martial arts. Like I've done all that type of training. I'm very familiar with that type of program, but I've never ever run or programmed for a marathon. So I was like, okay, how do I go about even doing this? And I like downloaded this running app and it was like written by some Olympic runner guy. He had his own app for marathon training. And so I downloaded the app and it's like, okay, plug in your race day and it's based on today's day and we'll come up with like a, a you know, bullet point program for you. A little and study I, guide. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, then you plugged in your thing and it was like, yeah, no, you need, you need more time. Yeah. That's literally exactly what it said. It said, it was something like, whoa, easy killer. You need at least 180 days to be able to run a marathon. I'm like, well, shit, I literally have like 60 or well, I guess it was best like, that I can do is 75. Yeah. I think it was like 85 days or something at that point when I actually downloaded that app. And I was like, well, fuck, I already kind of signed the papers. So I guess I got to do this. <laughs> so I just did it. You know, I, I, you know, followed some of the bullet points. I'm like, okay, I got to accumulate the miles, you know, and just slowly build up. And I, I know from my own coaching that you can't go zero to a hundred. So quick. yeah, exactly. You can't go zero injuries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I was like, that's the last, like I got, if I get injured, I can't coach. I can't work. You know, that means I can't eat. So like I got to stay healthy. Mm. And um, so, but basically I had to take that like 180 day program and condense it into like 85 days. And like, so I still had to very much accelerate um, like my, my distance, I'd accumulate distance much more quickly than one would normally do running their first marathon. And I will say, thankfully, cause I already have a base level of strength um, that it- Pretentious much. Bit... <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, okay. It's not pretentious if it's true, right? <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, I, I tried to go about it as carefully as possible, but I literally went from, and granted I would run three days a week, but one of those days was intervals. Like literally I would just run like four, I'm sorry, six, 400 meter intervals just to keep my mile and a half time, you know, good. And then I'd run three miles really fast and then maybe run like two or three miles, you know, on a third day, maybe every now and then five miles just to stay in shape for the uh, Navy PT test. And I literally went from like maybe running eight miles per week total to having to go. So I literally went from eight to 12 to 16 to 20, spreading them out over, you know, the course of a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, so I went immediately into an eight mile run and then a 10 mile run. And uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely very challenging, but I did learn a lot about myself because I thought I was going to hate it because I was, I always thought like running was so boring and I really only did it because I had to. And the first couple miles is pretty boring. I'm not going to lie. Even if you put like a good tune on, it's pretty damn boring. But then it really starts to change. And the further you go, the further you have to focus mentally. And like, yes, your physical body starts to kind of get run down. Your knees start to hurt. Your hips get achy and you know, maybe you're sweating a lot. You want to take, a, you want to take a sip of water, but you know, so your physical body starts getting tired, but your mind really is forced to keep going. 
because I have this goal that I have to reach. Like I already signed up. I have to reach this goal. So I have to mentally push myself to, to do this and to commit to it. And it becomes much, much more of a mental practice. And you would think that running a lot of mileage would be very physical, which, which it totally is. But it becomes much more mental because in your head, you're like, why the fuck am I still running right now? Like 10 miles in, you're like, you I could be on my couch now. right now. Yeah, exactly. And so it becomes much, much more of a mental challenge. And that is the part of it that I, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, so, I mean, I learned, you know, about how to program for distance running. I learned a lot about, you know, different types of recovery and, you know, alternating fast paces with alternating fast paced runs with slower paced runs and hill climbs and things like that. Um, but yeah, I guess I really learned that we actually can do things that seem impossible. And if we, if we really just believe and it, it really did come down to the same thing that I tell my clients, tell my peers, you do have to erase all doubt that you can do it. And this was, I'm not going to say the first time that I doubted myself. I definitely doubted myself on many other occasions, but this was the first time where I seriously, seriously had the question, can I actually physically do this? And I really, it's hard to put into words, but it's really the actual act of erasing that doubt in your mind and saying like, I can do this. This is what I have to do. And there's no other option but to complete it. Did that carry over into other aspects of your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it just makes you more resilient in other areas of life because if you can go through the stress of keeping yourself calm while you're seriously like dying, dying <laughs> or like completely afraid of failure and, you know, and I will say there's a little ego involved because it's the image of like, I coach everybody and I'm supposed to be tough and strong and be able to do anything. And, and they're like, all on the sideline laughing at you. And yeah, they're all eating the Cheetos. Yeah. Eating Cheetos, watching me fucking trip yeah. or drag my yeah. ass across the finish line. I hear, actually, I hear Daisy threw Cheetos at you. That's <laughs> no. uh, that's just a rumor that I started today. <laughs> she just started just now. No, Daisy did not throw Cheetos. Oh, <laughs> she might have. I did. They did actually give me a bag of Cheetos at the end of the race, which was, um, yeah, pretty delicious. And actually, we're walking down the street back to Aaron's truck, and he was literally feeding me Cheetos. Nice. Walking down the sidewalk, I've got the little, you know, they give you that little tarp that says Boston Marathon. It's like a space blanket to keep yourself yeah, warm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm literally just like dragging my feet, <laughs> feeding me this bag of Cheetos. Nice. So romantic. Yeah. Um, it's the dream. That's the American dream right there. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was an amazing experience. And um, I, I gotta say like, I, so the one thing I love about fitness is it, it's really the physical manifestation of being over able to overcome any type of adversity. And it's, it's the very few times in our life where we have to push ourselves to the brink. It's not very often in life that like maybe we're stressed out or, you know, we got a busy work week, but like we never, but that's more exhaustion 
this is more of I have to push myself so hard to the brink of to the edge of my comfort zone, not only to the edge of my comfort zone, but I have to push myself beyond my comfort zone in order to achieve this thing. And that's that's why I love like CrossFit so much because it's such an intense sport. And it's it's the physical manifestation of being able to mentally achieve things that you thought weren't possible. And, you know, and honestly, the 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 marathon itself, like the training part was very challenging, balancing. But like when I actually ran the marathon, like really the hardest part is like the last mile, you know, because that's when you're like almost there, you know, and like you just ran 25 miles and like all you're thinking about is just like getting there, getting, at least for me, some people have different experiences with, with, you know, running that far. But for me, yeah, the, the first 25 miles, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't as mentally challenging as that last mile where you're like, I got to get to that finish line. And like your whole body is like, completely deteriorated like my my hips and my knees luckily I didn't cramp too bad but my hips and my knee joints were like so painful and just from like the the pounding of the pavement on the cement because you're running on cement the whole way and um just keeping myself moving was very challenging and but I was like I have to do this I'm almost there there's no way I can stop now and then you turn that corner onto Boylston Street and people, people that I talk to who have had the marathon experience before, they're like, yeah, you turn onto Boylston Street and it's like so great. And, and some people have said it's like, it's really bad because the finish line is, you look at it and you're like, oh, it's still so far away. Cause it's like, I don't know. I think it's probably like six, 700 meters. Maybe I could be wrong about that. By the time you turn onto Boylston Street, you can see the finish line, but it is still fairly far away. Um, but for me, that was like the most exhilarating thing because I could actually see it. And that didn't, it didn't seem that far away because I had just run 26 fucking miles. Like that 0.2 miles is nothing. And I'm proud to say, because of me showing off again, uh, I was, so I want to say I was sprinting across the finish line, <laughs> mm. but I might not have been. Because but you I was, knew the Cheetos but were I there. was definitely, yeah, I knew the Cheetos were there, but I was, I was definitely moving faster than everyone around me. And I was running, I was running the fucking hardest that like I ever ran. And it was probably in slow motion. Actually, uh, one of my friends took a video of me not crossing the finish line, but going down Boylston street. And it, uh, I was definitely moving. I passed everybody because everyone else was just kind of waddling their way down Boylston street. And I'm in here at full fucking sprint. When it was probably still like a nine minute pace at that point. Yeah, but you left sprinting. your you left everything on the on the field, basically. Left exactly. Everything on the course. Exactly. I, I really truly did. And and that was the most amazing feeling because that's when I knew that I had had tried um yeah, I left it all on the field. So that's that's your the take home from this for everybody listening is that leave it all on the course and you get Cheetos at the end of the day. So, you know, when you're, when you're 90% there, don't give up. And the other thing that a lot of people don't realize, and I know there's a lot of like shitty memes about this, but like when you're a lot of times when you're running, you don't know, I, I, I've only ran like half marathon. So I placed fourth in the Camp Kinzer half marathon and it was just warehouses in Camp Kinzer, Okinawa for like 13 miles. 
and it sucked and you didn't even know when the hell the ending was so you just had to like trust that you know and then i eventually like was running and then i turn around the corner and they're like oh it's over and you're like what the fuck like just like <laughs> that you know what i mean so it wasn't as glorious but like a lot of people that are struggling in life they don't even know that they're 90 percent of the way there they don't know that they've ran 26 miles and they're just that last point two they're about to turn around the corner on boylston street to get some fucking cheetos you know so fuck yeah that's why you never give up just don't give up if you're hearing this don't give up you know push forward leave it on the court until we see you next week peace out